I'm Susan Branscombe, and this is Leading She, a podcast where women who are leaders in their industries, companies, and most importantly, their lives, share inspiring stories about obstacles they've overcome. 40 years of working in a male-dominated industry has prepared me for the task of interviewing these courageous, successful women and to share stories and insights of my own along the way. Listen up, future leaders. This is Leading She. My biggest joy in life is certainly my children. I dedicated the book to them and told them to, to dream big, to work hard, and always dive into life because uh, it really is worth diving into. Today, I'm excited to host Joni Biley. Joni is Chief Experience Officer at EmployeeBridge and President of Remax, the professional staffing division for EmployeeBridge. So welcome, Joni. Thank you, Susan. Thrilled to be with you today. Yeah, this is going to be great. I uh, loved your book. I love the work you've done, and you've had a, a lot of success. So a great uh, leading she guest. So I'm going to, uh, yeah, uh, introduce you and get into some discussion uh, about the labor market, employment market, and then some leading she questions. So Joni Biley is recognized as a prominent authority on labor market data workplace trends, and expert career advice. She is a frequent keynote speaker and appears regularly on national broadcast networks and in major publications. Joni is an accomplished executive with over 20 years experience, including executive roles with two of the world's largest employment companies. She wrote a book, which I have read, called Dive In Deep, and there's an acronym we're going to talk about there, Strategies to Advance Your Career, Find Balance, and Live Your Best Life. Joni has been honored with numerous industry awards and recognition and was named to the Women in Staffing Global Power 100 by staffing industry analysts for six consecutive years and is a recipient of the World Staffing Summit Award in 2021. She is a contributing author to the book Together We Rise, which highlights stories of 15 inspiring women pursuing goals, building confidence and overcoming adversity. She has a passion for helping others achieve their personal and professional aspirations. She brings a demonstrated track record of leading talent to exceptional outcomes. So welcome again, Joni. Thank you, Susan. Thanks for having me. And and thanks for reading the book, too. I'm, I'm so glad to oh, hear yeah. that, that you read it and enjoyed it. And really glad to be here to share this with your listeners today. Yeah. Yeah, this will be great. There are a lot of great topics in the book and a lot of great messages. I related to a lot of it and we'll make sure we uh, put it in our notes for the podcast and promote it with uh, our, our promoting of the podcast. So um, I interviewed Joyce Russell, who served as president of ADECO. I know you worked there and uh, she was a guest on Leading She. And I know your friends, good friends, and used to work together there. And I really enjoyed getting to know her and hosting her. And she recommended that I talk to you. And I'm glad you agreed to do it. So I'm glad you're a guest today. Well, thank you, Joyce Russell. Um, but she has been an incredible mentor to me. I worked directly for her years ago and um, always have looked up to her. So as you probably saw, I did um, speak about her also in the book because she was a great mentor to me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has a lot of great themes. And I read her book too. When you ladies write books, I need to read them and (laughs) (laughs) prepare myself. So a little more prep time, but uh, great books uh, for, for anyone really in business as they are building their careers. So I understand you have several hundred people on your team. Talk about what you do at uh, Employee Bridge and Remex. Yeah, so I wear a few different hats. Um, For the last seven years, I have been the president of our professional staffing division for Employee Bridge, which is Remex. And it's been an incredible experience. Um, we've, we've experienced record growth in revenue. Um, and we've done it really by hiring great people and, and training them and mentoring and coaching them. Goal setting is a big part of it. Uh, but what we do is we are a uh, staffing firm. So we are placing people in, in all different types of jobs. Uh, mostly white-collar jobs in the Remex division. And um, 
the the team that I work with, I, I will say, is just you know an outstanding group of recruiters and salespeople, operations folks, and uh, they've been a pleasure to work with. Now, I said I wear a few hats. I do um, have just moved into also a new role for the company, um, EmployBridge is a $4 billion staffing firm. We focus on placement and supply chain, and I've taken on the role of the chief experience officer. So I'm Hmm. leading um, really our insights function, our communication function, both internally and externally for the organization, um, our brand, marketing. Uh, EmployBridge has just kind of launched a new brand and going to market with a new strategy. So uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the the last hat I wear is also a spokesperson for the company. I do a lot of public speaking on the labor market, employment trends, kind of the voice of the American workforce, what's happening, how do they feel, what's important to them. Um, so uh, that's when I say I wear a few hats to definitely a few different roles that I play at the company. You say that your goal in writing the book was, and I'll quote you here, my goal in writing the book was to encourage others to pursue their dreams, goals, and ambitions personally and professionally. And like I say, I read it. uh, It's called Dive In Deep, and it was very good. Great outline of your experience, recommendations, stories on how to be successful. And you were very vulnerable with uh, not everything went well. They had some failures in your life. So I think it's always great to talk about those. So talk about the acronym DEEP and kind of why you wrote the book and address that. Yeah. So I'll I'll start with why I wrote the book. um, And thank you for capturing the quote. I do feel like many people have big dreams and goals and they aspire you know, to move up in their career or live a better life. But for some reason, something might be holding them back, whether it's fear of diving in, hence kind of diving in, diving in deep. Mm -hmm. We'll get to the acronym in a second. Um, But I wanted to encourage people to really dive in to their professional career aspirations, as well as their personal goals. I want to encourage people to live their best life. We go around one time, you know, we have one shot at this. And yes, we are going to dive in sometimes and we're going to make some belly flops and things aren't always going to work out the way that we we planned. But that doesn't mean we should quit or give up. Um, and not pursue the life that we desire and that we deserve. And that's what's so important. So I tried to write the book in a way where I could provide a strategy into thinking about how you can achieve your goals, your ambitions, um, your, your personal and professional aspirations. So I wrote the book in four different strategies, um, hence the acronym DEEP. D stands for design, and it's all about designing your goals, your career, finding purpose, gaining experience, so that you can move into that E for experience, and then really build on learning and experience and fine-tuning what you're doing to help you with the second E, which is execute. You need to execute, and it's going to take time and training and refining those skills. Um, And then the P stands really for persevere. You know, we, we all need to persevere and overcome obstacles or hurdles um, to make sure that we are moving ourselves forward and advancing towards our goals um, and desires and dreams. So that's where Mm -hmm. I came up with the deep, Uh, The dive-in really kind of came to me as I was writing the book. I thought about, in my introduction, I I talk about this story, but I had thought back to, you know, being scared as a kid, diving off a diving board. And, you know, it's funny, my sister read the book and she's like, wow, I was never scared to dive in off a diving board. (laughs) But that was just my experience. For some reason, I was really scared. And when I finally did it, I realized I achieved a goal. I had a great time. I was enjoying it. I was a terrible diver. That's okay. You know, I could work on it and practice. (laughs) But um, that's kind of how the book started all coming together. So it was a really fun process also to write the book. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, it reminds me of when I first started a business and I was talking to a potential partner. He said, Susan, jump. There's water in the pool. Don't be afraid that there is water in the pool. You will be caught. You know, it might be a belly flop, but at least there's water in the pool, right? And so I, I think, love that. And and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about in the book. Um, there's always, I think, there's always a fork in the road or several forks in the road in our careers. And I think you've really had the courage to say, yeah, I'm not going to be afraid of that. I'm going to do it. And that's what I got out of the book. And, and we'll talk about some of those stories uh, in the book and some of the messages. But um, yeah, just like there's a fork in the road and you can take the safe way if you want. You can take the easy way. But if you hold your breath and just kind of go for the pool, you can achieve your dreams, I think is the message I got. So um, let's talk about some labor, some, your business. Uh, you self-identify as the Duchess, Duchess of Labor. You have a wet website, duchessoflabor.com. It wasn't taken. Uh, talk about the story of that moniker. Yeah, so I, um, it's funny. I've been talking about labor trends and the economy um, and even doing it on national television now for quite some time, uh, probably over 15 years. And so I have two children. Uh, my son is 20, my daughter's 17. And so they've kind of grown up with their mother, you know, on national television talking about the employment market. So a few years ago, my daughter came home from school and she was uh, in her history class and she was studying about the Knights of Labor, which uh, was really one of the big you know, labor union movements, you know, to remove child labor, to have equal rights. Um, and she's talking about, you know, the nights of labor and what's happening. And she says, you know, mom, you know, this really relates to what you do today. She said, you know, you should come up with a title for yourself. She goes, I think we should call you the Duchess of Labor. And we joked about it at the dinner table that night. And one thing led to another. We went online and we looked at Duchess of Labor was available, you know, dot com. And mm -hmm. um, so we're like, you know what, let's register that. And I said, Ashley, maybe I'll do something with that one day. That's kind of creative. So uh, hence, that's how the Duchess of Labor was created. My daughter actually appointed that name to me, and I love it. Mm -hmm. But really, it was just to have some fun with it. You know, the world we live in today, it's all about branding and, yes. you know, building your personal brand. And so really, that was just mm -hmm. to have some fun. But, but the roots of that um, are all about equal rights and equal employment mm. rights. And the Knights of Labor were actually ahead of their time in allowing women um, to really participate in the union and to have equal pay. Mm. And so that just really mm. resonated with me. Not that they were perfect, sure. you know, in any way, but they, no. they really had some, you know, good policies um, that they were trying to champion and also reduce, you know, child labor as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love the I love the name. Um, you are an expert in employment and uh, specialist. Uh, I'd just love to know what you see in the employment market right now, uh, and what you're seeing as in terms of trends. Yeah, the the employment market is a very interesting picture right now, and I think everyone's really trying to dissect, you know what type of employment market are we in? It's It still is a very tight market. We're currently at 3.7% unemployment. We are seeing strong job growth every single month. Last month, we saw over 300,000 jobs created in the U.S. economy. Um, and so even though we're seeing high inflation, uh, wages have been going up. They're not really keeping up with inflation, but employers are still hiring. We, we saw that job openings are increasing. There's over 10 million open jobs. So really, there's two open jobs for every one unemployed person. So that equates to still a very, very tight labor market. However, things are slowing down a bit, definitely seeing rising interest rates. Uh, certainly, that's impacting, you know, they are financing and cash, and companies are also mm -hmm. leveraging 
AI and robotics, you know, to mm-hmm. automate and reduce, you know, the the salaried positions and the labor costs that they face. So there are a lot of changes that are happening in the employment mm-hmm. market. So it's definitely fragmented. Some segments are better than others, um, but overall, still a good labor market. Hmm. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting uh, in the book you talk about, uh, and this was not the case even 10, 20 years ago, I don't think, that even more than ever, workers, employees want to identify with an organization's purpose, the mission, and align their personal values with that of the organization. And back in the 90s, really, it's kind of give me a job, pay me. And, you know, it's sort of the command and control a bit still, 80s maybe more so. But employees want to be happy. And for them to be happy, they want to make sure that how they feel about things matches the company they work for. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, we're seeing that even with the younger generations, how important that is that the work they do really connects with their purpose in life and that they're finding fulfillment. And I do talk about that quite a bit, um, about the importance of that in in the design um, strategy that those first few chapters of the book, I really try to encourage you know younger workers too to take the time and think about what's most important to them, what is going to bring them fulfillment, what are what are the things that they're really interested in, what are the causes that they're really interested in, and then try to align that with a company that also has those core values. And it's not just about what mm-hmm. it, what it says on a company's website. You know, you really need to look at the culture, meet people, talk to them, read reviews and ratings online, um, and and find a place that you feel like you connect with the people, and you know that you belong. I think belonging mm-hmm. is really key there. And if you find that, chances are you're going to not only enjoy your job and find fulfillment but you'll probably perform better. You'll be able to, you know, move up in the company. You'll be able to make more money. And the studies really point to that. So that connection on, Mm -hmm. on purpose is really important. Sure. Yeah. You cite uh, the statistics from the U S Bureau of labor statistics that the average number of jobs during a career is 12. That's jobs, right? Not companies, jobs, actual jobs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I think that may be how many I had, but I, I, that doesn't surprise me that in a 40-year career that you could have up to 12 jobs more, maybe less, but that's a lot of different jobs. That is. And I think people that are very motivated and ambitious could have more because they want to keep, you know, moving moving up the ladder. I know it's interesting. Mm-hmm. The studies and the research show, you know, Gen X, which you know, is very focused on like, just get me to work and move, you know, they want to make money and and it's a little different than you'll see, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z. Um, They want more balance. They want more flexibility. They're not, you know, not that they don't want to make money, um, but I actually think they have a a little bit better perspective of looking at life, you know, around um, Mm -hmm. family is super important. My fitness is super important. You know, it's, they think about it as how does work fit into my life? Whereas some of the older generations really define more work as being a big part of their life. And so that is changing the dynamic and employers need to really understand that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you talked about AI. I watched an interview you did on Fox Business News about IBM and uh, letting, you know, uh, saying goodbye to some jobs uh, and credited it to AI. So talk about the impact of artificial intelligence uh, as it relates to today and what you think maybe will happen five years from now. Yeah, it is rapidly accelerating uh, changes, certainly in the employment market. So, you know, we do expect that um, AI, um, robotics, you know, just what we're seeing even with um, 
you know, virtual reality, augmented reality, all of these things are just changing the marketplace in the way that we work, uh, the way jobs get done. And so many of the jobs that are really repetitive um, are, are being eliminated, you know, by AI mm. and robotics. Now, what's interesting is there are many jobs, uh, for example, like the hospitality sector, those jobs are going to continue to grow. So the jobs that are really that, that human interaction um, are, are going to still be necessary. The management, you know, management roles and managing people and leading people and leading teams. Yes, there are certain things that can, you know, AI is going to impact, um, but many of those jobs are absolutely going to be required. So we do see jobs mm -hmm. like in logistics, you know, forklift, warehouse, even in customer service where some things are being automated, there are jobs that are being um, eliminated. However, also AI and robotics are helping us do our jobs better. So there's the upside where you're even seeing in the healthcare industry, in manufacturing, in logistics, where AI will be more of a complement um, and really an asset for us to do our jobs faster, more productive, more accurately. So it's also having mm -hmm. a positive impact. So there's many studies out there. You know, I know Deloitte um, and the World Economic Forum talk about the millions of jobs that are going to be eliminated. But on the other side of that, there's equal, if not more, um, millions of jobs that are being created. They're just going to be different jobs and different roles. Mm -hmm. So a lot more yeah. in, you know, data analytics and science mm -hmm. and really that whole STEM field. Um, lots of opportunities yeah. there. Well, let's get into some career topics, leadership, women in business, uh, your career, and some of these things I'm pulling out of the book, which are very good. Um, you emphasize a lot in goal setting, uh, which is so important to success. You say that uh, you credit your success to three things, confidence, goal setting, and work ethic. So talk about goal setting and those other attributes. Yeah, you know, I think part of it is probably a little bit of my personality, you know, just I'm the oldest child, um, grew up in a family of four girls and was always very driven and ambitious. Even if I think, you know, looking back to grammar school and high school, I wanted to run for student government or, you know, lead, you know, be the lead in the school play, whatever it was. I just was a kind of ambitious child. Um, it, took me later in life to thinking about, okay, what do I really want to accomplish with my life? What's important to me? What are, what are the goals? And, and I um, really ad adopted kind of a practice of setting goals every single year. And, you know, to me, it's not just about like a new year's resolution um, but I do like, you know, the whole concept of, okay, it's a new year. Uh, maybe you do it around your birthday where you just say, okay, you know, I've just had another uh, 365 days around the sun, ready to set some new goals. What do I want to do in my next year? Um, but I like the process of taking the time to really think about what's important to me. Um, what are the things that I want to achieve and what are the things that maybe I want to improve in my life? And I, over, I guess over the years, I've actually ad adopted this process to really leverage what I call are the five F's. I talk about it in the book. Um, the five mm -hmm. F's I use for goal setting. I set goals around my faith my family and friends, my fitness, uh, finance goals, um, and also fun. What do I want to do, you know, for fun? Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I talk about this quite a bit in the book because it helped me so much. It's, it's helped me through difficult points in my life. Um, it's helped me stay on track. It's helped me prioritize what's really important. And at the same time, it has truly helped me achieve the things that were most important to me. And everyone's on their own path. We all have different goals and ambitions and priorities and what's most important to mm -hmm. us. So it's really important to give the gift to yourself of taking that time to do that, write them down, keep them in front of you, keep it visual, 
You can adjust throughout yeah. the year. Um, but I am a big believer um, in goal setting and encourage people to do it, mm-hmm. especially my children. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I, I did a vision board. I've got it here in my office, and I did it about 15 years ago. None of the things were had come true, but I looked up at it like about six months ago, and everything on there has come true. You know, that I visualized all these things I wanted, and it sounds kind of cheesy to have a, a no, vision board. No, not at I all. I mean, I did it. Yeah. You know, but wrote it down, put it out there, and like, here's what I'd really like to have. And at the time I thought, oh, that's a lot. I'm never going to have everything has come true. So that's incredible. And and I will say another thing that has, um, that I've really thought about is, is is when you look at that, you need to take a moment to and pat yourself on the back and say, wow, look at what I've done and what I've accomplished and be proud of yourself because that's a confidence builder too, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that, you should be proud. You know, you set goals, you had a vision. Now you got to think about, okay, let me take a moment and celebrate this. And then I'm going to take another moment and think about what do I want to do next? Because sky's the limit, right. you know, you can do anything yeah, you want to do. And that's what I always want to encourage people to reach for. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you maybe start a new vision board, but uh, mm-hmm. you say that in the book. And I think we have a hard time as ambitious driven women to stop and celebrate, stop yeah. and, and pat ourselves on the back, give ourselves some girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's true. You need the time for reflections. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think an even better uh, process that I've probably put in place is at the end of every year, I write in my journal reflections and I just think through mm-hmm. what's everything I, I did this year, you know, and write down, you know, whether it was something with the kids or my job or myself, my fitness, my health, whatever it is, really taking time to reflect on all of the things you accomplished over, whether you do that mm-hmm. monthly, annually, and, and just like, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I go back now and read that and go, wow, you know, if, if mm-hmm. I hadn't done that and really taken that moment to just appreciate myself, um, you know, I, I would just keep running, right. You feel like you're always running on the treadmill right. and you're and never, then, you're getting anywhere. So you need to, do, yeah. you definitely need to do that. And I also, you know, in the book, I decided to, uh, do a reflections after every chapter, which is to help mm. the reader, really reflect kind of playing off the, the mm-hmm. pool or the water, you know, reflection, right. but, but it's, we all need to do that. You know, sometimes it's just to take that moment and stop and think and reflect about mm-hmm. what's important to you and what you've accomplished mm-hmm. and what do you want to do next? Right. Yeah. No, good, good stuff. You tell a story in here and I've seen this a lot uh, where women will come into a meeting and she's basically reacting to the requests that are being made versus taking initiative and making a recommendation. And I think it's a really good story, which outlines, you know, go in there and make some recommendations, take the risk that you might have better ideas or some good ideas uh, and not just go in and take notes on what everybody else wants to do. What would you say about that story and that recommendation? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think of this this wonderful young woman when I think of that story, um, Rose, who I talk about in, in the book. And I want to encourage us all to make sure that we take the time to use our expertise and really speak up. And that particular story, I encourage that young woman that she really was the expert. She was the marketing expert and she knew her role and what to do better than anyone else in the room. But because she was walking into a room that was mostly male dominated, um, it took her some time to try and really adjust her style to feel that they would listen to her. And so Mm -hmm. I would coach others and definitely recommend, um, you know, to your listeners too, if they ever feel like they're in that situation, Know that you are the expert and prepare yourself. Think about your talking points. Don't be afraid to speak up and make your recommendations and make sure your voice is heard. You know, we're, we're not here just to 
to take orders, you know, and, and listen, you're mm -hmm. in the role because of your experience and people want to hear from you. So I would encourage people to have the yes. confidence, even if you mm -hmm. have some fear, dive into it anyway, prepare, practice what you're going to say, mm -hmm. um, and great. dive in and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great, great advice. I, I agree with it. Um, I'm going to set you up for this one. This was one of my favorite stories in the book. Uh, you've become a thought leader in workforce trends, an employment expert. You've built a brand and a reputation. You should really be congratulate yourself oh, on this. And I, thank you, I've Susan. done it. I did it in my career, and I see how people have done it in in their careers. And you've done it. You've positioned yourself as an expert, and I think that's really important to success, especially for women, when sometimes our qualifications perhaps are questioned and it's part of your bio you speak you've spoken on and you do uh, fox news fox business cnn nbc cnbc so you have a regular role there you had an opportunity kind of at the last minute to fill in for a ceo and a tv talk show talk about that story but i think it was kind of the springboard we talk about going mm -hmm. into the pool for you to kind of do this and you're good at it you're really i've watched you and i've listened to you on your podcast you're really good at it so talk about building your brand and the opportunity you had well thank you yeah it's kind of a funny story um and i was working for a gentleman uh tig uh, who was the CEO, at a deco, yeah, right? CEO of a deco and uh, this is going back some years but um, mm -hmm. he he was a regular speaker on CNBC and all the major networks and you know I always looked at him and I was just like wow you know he's so smart and so articulate and well educated and he just did a fabulous job um, so long story short, I did get a phone call one day from the marketing department and they asked me to fill in for TIG on national TV. And it was going to be just a five minute spot on the job market. And my first thought was, I can't do that. I've never done that before. You know, like this in my head, you know, I'm like that voice yes. inside that's doubting myself. Meanwhile, they've asked me, someone has seen something in me and is, is asking me to yes. fill in for TIG, but I'm sitting there doubting myself. They're trying to talk me into it. And finally, I said, you know what? Yes, I'll do it. Why not? Maybe this will be my five minutes of fame. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do it. And yeah. um, so I did fill in for TIG that day. And what was so funny was that the next time the network called back, they said, hey, you know, we'd love to have you on again, Adeko, but instead of having Tig, could we have Joni back? <laughs> she did a great job. We'd like to have her back. And so one thing led to another. So still to this that. day, if I see Tig, he always laughs and says that I, that I took his television spots away. But, you know, if I had never said yes or tried something, that would have never happened. And that has opened a tremendous um, amount of opportunity to me in, in public speaking and being on many networks. And, and I have just enjoyed it so much because it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to, to also encourage people, you know, to yeah. participate in the job market and, and to pursue their dreams. And so um, yeah. I encourage everyone to, to take those chances. Mm -hmm. Even if I had made a belly flop, at least I would have tried, you know, but you never know right. unless you try. Right. And there's water in the pool. It's a there's fork in the road. There's water in the pool. Don't, I'm going to steal yeah, that line. Don't always yes. play it safe. Yes. Yeah. Don't always play it safe. You yeah. know, so it was, was something you did and you thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And then it, you know, it worked out. And I think it started you on a path of like, it's a really, it's a gift to be able to do that, you know, to be able to get on and be comfortable and be prepped and, and educate and, uh, people. So, um, yeah, another story I loved is you got a big award in 1999 at, at uh, one of your conferences or whatever. I think you were surprised to get it, but you got it. And, uh, uh, it reminded me that I've had stories like this, that, competitors, people that you work with, whatever, not everyone is happy for you when you get an award and, uh, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> whether it's men or women, uh, that you really, in my opinion, you really have to kind of make sure you know, who's on your team, who's really supporting you, really excited about you getting that award 
and who are the people that may be nipping at your heels or perhaps even going so far as to sabotage you, you know? So talk about that, that not everybody yeah. maybe is happy for well, you when you succeed. Well, first of all, thinking of 1999, oh my gosh, I realize how old I am and how, how fast <laughs> life goes, right? It's so hard to think back, but yes, but yes, you know, when I, when I did win that award, it was a big deal. I didn't expect it, didn't see it coming. And I, I, I just want to point out, I think what happened there is, you know, I was in that experience mode of just gaining experience and executing and keeping my head down and doing my job. And it led to that award. And I didn't even realize, right, I was going to get it. Um, and I did have a gentleman there who's very nice man, but had, you know, had said to me, well, that's great, but let's see if you can do it again next year. That would really be something. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it bothered me and it stuck with me. And I thought, I'll show him. Um, so yeah. I, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, executing and, and doing the work that needs to be done. And, and certainly I was fortunate enough to get recognized. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're not fortunate to get recognized. And we need to leverage others um, to help be those sponsors for us, to be those mentors. Mm -hmm. As you talk about, mm -hmm. like know who's on your team. And who speaks mm -hmm. about you when you're not in the room, you know, that's yes. saying, hey, you know, Susan is doing a phenomenal job and she should be recognized for this or she should be promoted, you know, into this into this new role. Mm -hmm. And I've been lucky enough that I've worked for um, another gentleman uh, more recently in my career. His name is Steve Mills. And, you know, he always spoke highly of me when I wasn't even in the room. And I found that out later and, you know, in it, like kind of later in life, but not that it was that long ago, but he is someone who really promoted me. He shared my successes. He, he really was a great sponsor to me and shared the work. He didn't try to take credit for work I was doing. He actually was giving me more credit and um, on a larger you know, larger stage, whether he was talking to our board of mm -hmm. directors or to the executives. Um, and I will say that he has helped me even get promoted and take on more responsibility. So um, both, I think you have to find women and men that you can trust and that will do that for yes. you um, mm -hmm. because we don't always get recognized. And, and so it is important to no. build that network. Yeah, 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 for sure. You talk about a, uh, we don't, we've talked about this subject a few times on the podcast, uh, but you talk about what I would call uh, a sexual harassment moment where, where a person uh, kind of made a pass at you and uh, what you did and what, what that meant. Talk about that. Yeah, that was a long time ago as well. Um, kind of a different world way before the Me Too, you know, mm -hmm. movement. Um, but I did have, um, a gentleman that had really, you know, had been a peer and then was moving up the company very quickly, um, and really blatantly, you know, hit on me, um, right yeah. after he had just been promoted to be my direct boss, um, and, yeah. and, you know, really propositioned me. And I just, you know, said, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm not willing and, and walked away and thought to myself mm -hmm. at that point, you know, still pretty young in my career, I, you know, well, that might be career suicide, but I'm not going down that path and right. decided not to say anything, you know, just, I just, I've always been pretty independent and, um, I just felt yeah. like, you know what, I, I don't want to get into a battle or whatever. I'm just going to hold my head high mm -hmm stay true to my right. values. And if I need to find another job, I will. Um, and mm -hmm. I was lucky enough that, I mean, unfortunately he, um, you know, he kind of led his own path of destruction, unfortunately. Um, and the company realized it and they made a change and let him go from the organization. Mm. So, um, I never had to say anything now looking back, you know, maybe I should have, you know, really spoke up. Um, but it was a different time and yeah. my reputation and my values were more important to me. And I did what I felt was right at the time and lucky mm -hmm. enough, it did work out for me. Yeah. It sounds like you handled it. Uh, and now he was your direct report. So was there a sort of an inferred 
like you will be more successful if you do this with me? Was there anything like that? He never said that, um, outright. Okay. Um, yeah, but maybe implied kind of implied. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, just in something that you said, I want to make sure that, you know, I make this comment and that is that, you know, you didn't say anything, you didn't do anything. I've, I've had those experiences and I've done the same exact thing that I didn't speak up. But today, in today's world, that if that does happen to a woman, she has avenues that are safe to do that, you know, Absolutely. human resources. And uh, let's call this guy out before he does it to someone else. Let's, let's uh, make sure yes. people know. And you don't have to go out and find another job, right? You don't. And that's what's, I think, wonderful about the world we live in today. I mean, this was going back quite some time. I, I certainly was in my early 20s. Uh, today, I'm you know, 52. So a lot has changed over that time, but you are absolutely (laughs) right. Women do need to speak up. That behavior should never be tolerated. And, uh, there are other avenues and, and other paths. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, as we all have, especially in our later years, uh, you've had some tough times in your life, some personal hardships and tragedies and, failures, you've endured them, you kind of picked yourself back up. Uh, September 11th, 2001 hit pretty close to home for you. So talk about personal hardships and things that have happened. Uh, what would you say to a perhaps a young woman who's 25 and doing, you know, having her career, she's building a family perhaps? Uh, how, how have those shaped your life? How have they uh, molded you? Yeah, you know, the I, I, looking back on it, you know, I really wouldn't change a thing. Um, you know, they're all mm. experiences. They're all part of kind of our, our path. Um, you know, do, you know, you can look at decisions certainly that you make, you know, maybe, you know, would you change them or not? I think the biggest thing is number one, how do we learn from them? Because you, that old saying, you learn more from your mistakes, you know, right. than you do from your Mm -hmm. successes. You learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. I really do believe that that's where you will experience a lot of personal growth. Um, and it'll also help you with refining what is truly important to you. What are your priorities? Just like whether it's going through, September 11th, which was a devastating day, you know, certainly for not only my family, but, um, for, for the world, uh, certainly for, for America. Um, but Mm -hmm. you do come through that and reprioritize what's most, you know, what's most important to you. I think COVID had some similar aspects of that as well. I think we all had a chance to spend a little bit more time at home with our, with our mm-hmm. family and kind of reprioritize and maybe even reconnect. And, um, yep. that was a learning as well. Um, that I really, you know, I actually, though I'm, though I'm sad for all of people that were negatively impacted from COVID for me, it was actually this great benefit that I had a chance to be home with my kids and not on an airplane every week and really right. just still work, but have much more of, um, balance with my family. And I will, you know, always be grateful for that time. So, you know, I think for a young woman who's 25, that's going through her career and maybe just starting out, know that it is important to have goals and plans and keep working towards them. They might not always go the way you plan. There may be obstacles, there may be roadblocks, you might have to go in a different direction. But what I would recommend is that you always take some time to really think about what you're going through, what's important to you, how you can handle it. It's okay to take a time out and just have some time to yourself, give yourself that gift of time to think reprioritize, Mm -hmm. set your goals, adjust what needs to be adjusted and get yourself on the right track. Keep yourself on that Mm -hmm. track. Keep yourself on, you know, moving forward. 
Um, and um, my life certainly didn't go the way I, ac- you know, absolutely thought it was going to be, you know, perfectly. But, you know, in some right. ways, it's so much better than I ever even yeah. expected. Right. So even with the hardships, the difficulty, you know, I've had failed, you know, relationships um, that I wish mm-hmm. had had a different outcome, but I still wouldn't trade it. You know, it makes me who I am today. Yeah. And um, sure. I'm very thankful yeah. and grateful Inspiring. for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not negative about it, but I do think I agree with you on the COVID aspect uh, as well, that I think it's the reason for uh, the great resignation, especially among women, the walkout mm-hmm. that we had with a lot of women that they said, you know, I'm kind of looking at my life and realizing that I got up every day, I got the kids ready and everything, ran off to work and they were home for a while. And of course they had many times they were, you know, with their kids all day and they were trying to get their work done. So I think that it was a total reanalysis, you know, re-looking at uh, what they're doing and, and they decided to leave. It was a quiet, kind of a quiet walkout too, I think in large part. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it really was a reset. For a, for a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, I, I am concerned that we don't have more women participating in the workforce. I think there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to encourage women to participate and come back into the workforce. Um, and, right. and maybe there's other ways to connect and in, and really engage with women. It mm-hmm. doesn't need to be that standard Monday through Friday, nine to five. You know, it's we need right. to think out of the box. Um, but I would encourage women to participate. There's tons of opportunity. We need diversity, uh, mm-hmm. need diversity in the room. And, um, you know, it's it is definitely an opportunity, I think, for for women to just find that balance, but still mm-hmm. pursue the, their career goals and their ambitions. Don't give up right. on that. You can have both. You really can. Right. And whether it's at a corporation or, I mean, I mean, I think there are record numbers of women starting businesses. So it's like they can control their own environment. I mean, it's not easy to start a business. It's, I know uh, being an ex-entrepreneur, it's hard, but, uh, you know, that's an option too. Yes. So look at that. Right. You do something that I do. Uh, I, I take quiet time in the mornings. I do meditation. And uh, you say in the book, and I'll quote, spending time alone to think, reflect, and recharge is a constructive self-improvement process that can change your life. And I agree with that. So talk about that. Yeah, that's, that is probably one of my favorite times too, um, is to have a little mm-hmm. bit of time alone, really to, you know, used to get up early, I would read, you know, pray, you know, just have time yeah. to even exercise. Uh, running certainly has been important to me, um, has helped me. Um, I talk about that quite a bit in the book. Sometimes it's that time to think, but whatever it is for you, it's almost, it's that time to really recharge your batteries. And mm-hmm. I do believe that we need that, um, as women, yeah. um, men right. need it too. We need that time to just time to ourselves, time to think, time to reflect and uh, reprioritize because that will help us Mm -hmm. be more productive. It'll help us with really finding more fulfillment and happiness in our lives. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't always do that when I was younger in life. I, I can't say that I really had that practice, but it certainly has been something that's been part of like my daily routine and I wouldn't trade it. And I really try to protect it. It's super important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's the first thing, thing to go when you get busy it's like, well, I can cut my meditation out today. I can cut my quiet time out today, but it's maybe one of those days where you really need it. And uh, if you're a productive, ambitious person, sometimes you feel like just sitting there and being quiet is wasting time. You're not productive, right? But it does help you. It does. It will change your life if you get in the practice. Definitely. And I think when you don't do it, you feel it. You can. You you could feel yes. maybe you're a little edgy, <laughs> right? Or yes, um, you know, a little short with things. So uh, give right. yourself that gift of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, Joni, it's been great. I've loved hosting you and I was really looking forward to this. Um, 
I understand you have two children. You mentioned a boy and a girl, Chase and Ashley, 20 and 17, and I believe they're in college now. What, uh, what's your hope for them? What are they doing? Yes. Yeah, so my son uh, just wrapped up his sophomore year in college and is doing an internship. Uh, he's studying um, golf management. He's a great golfer mm. and um, is, is working on a program which is actually affiliated with the PGA. Um, and so he will come oh. out of college with great experience um, from all these internships, um, a PGA card, and probably work in the golf industry. And he could do many things, sales, you know, golf course management, work in a club, be a coach. Um, but what I'm most mm -hmm. proud of with him is that he loves what he's doing. He's finding joy in his work. He's making a difference. He loves working with people. Um, and it's great to see him, you know, in a career that kind of aligns with his interests. Um, and so I hope that he just finds joy and fulfillment. And then my daughter actually just graduated high school and it will be attending Northeastern University. Um, she is more of like the science and mathematics mind, probably mm. will go pre-med. Uh, she's going to be doing her first semester actually over in London, uh, which is something oh, that wow. she wanted to go abroad and Northeastern mm -hmm. actually has a campus over there. So uh, she's just starting out. And, you know, I think for her, it's the same advice I give her. I'm thrilled she chose Northeastern because they have a co-op program. And again, it's like I've really tried to encourage, you could see it in both my children, that they both are in programs where they're studying and gaining real world work experience at the same time they're getting their degree because I don't want them to get their degrees and then say, mom, I really don't want to do this <laughs> now that I've paid right. for their education. <laughs> so I encourage right. people to, to do those internships. But um, my biggest joy in life is certainly my children. I dedicated the book to them and told them to, to dream big, to work hard and always dive into life because uh, it yeah, really yeah. is worth diving into. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I agree on the children's side. Just wait till you have some grandchildren. It's even better. <laughs> yeah, that's what my parents say. Yes, they yeah. say it's even better. Even better. Well, last question for you, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, what are your What is your hope for the last part of your career, the final years of your career, maybe 10, 15 years? I don't know. Maybe you don't know. And what is your hope when you retire? Uh, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? I, I think that uh, the book is a big part of it. Well, definitely from a legacy perspective, um, you know, I think from a, on a career side, um, you know, I'm not done climbing. I'm still, you know, ambitious and, yeah. and want to do more yeah. uh, probably over the next 10 years, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think I, my goal would be to transition um, into doing even more public speaking and coaching and helping mm -hmm. people with, with their careers and finding fulfillment. So I don't think I'll ever really retire. Um, I love yeah. what I do. And this book is a big part of that. And I hope that it will have a long life and uh, help people with really achieving what they want to do. Right. Yeah. You could go on the speaking circuit with it for sure. I would think at some point, but yeah, no, you're in that, uh, you're 52. So you got a long way to go. And then I, when I was 52, I had a lot more I wanted to do too. So, um, that's really wonderful. Well, Joni, thank you for being a guest on leading. She today, it's been great to get to know you. I love the book. The book uh, for listeners is called dive in deep strategies to advance your career, find balance and live your best life. Joni Biley.com Duchess of labor.com. So thank you, Joni. Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all you do really to encourage women um, to dive in deep as well. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love the work. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leading She. Please check out many other Leading She episodes, which are wonderful. We discuss challenges these accomplished women have overcome in their careers. Please subscribe to this podcast and rate it and review it. Follow Leading She on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And visit our website, leadingshe.com, where we have ideas and wisdom for women leaders. 